I'm Jordy. And I'm Juliet. And this is Diaper Baggage, a podcast that shows you how to get rid of the mom guilt. On this week's episode, Juliet reveals why she was Googling a certain body part. Plus, we chat about the importance of self care in a pandemic. Hi, Juliet. It's been a few weeks since we last chatted, and I know that you celebrated a birthday and you went on vacation. How 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 was your July? I mean, every month in this pandemic, in this year of 2020, is super wacky, right? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it was good. So we did go on vacation. Um, in a safe way. So we drove to Cape Cod and we stayed at a hotel called the Chatham Bars Inn where we could have all of our meals outside and go to the beach. Um, And then we took a ferry rather than a plane from there to Nantucket where again, we could really just be outside all day and ride bikes and go to the beach. Um, And it was, it was wonderful. I, we go to Nantucket basically every summer. It's one of my favorite places on the planet. Um, and that's where we spent my birthday. So it was really nice to get away. It was definitely weird to be around so many people, even though everybody was masked up, it was pretty much the rule, um, on most of the Island and in the Cape that basically if you're outside, you needed to be wearing a mask and we would see people yell out their car window if they saw somebody not wearing one. So that was good. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was still, strange to be around so many people after being in quarantine for so long. And so that did make me a little bit nervous, even though we were really taking precautions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just nice to get out of the house. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can imagine. I'm definitely like, I mean, we, we went on a vacation too, but we just rented a house at Long Beach Island in New Jersey where, um, both Ross and I grew up going to, And, you know, I was still a little bit hesitant, um, but I'm very curious and like open as I'm seeing more and more, uh, family friends of mine that I know are very precautious, like you, you know, going on these kind of little getaways, what is sort of, so what's your takeaway? Like, is it, would you do it again? Do you, do you feel comfortable? Is it as relaxing of an experience? I'm just like genuinely curious because I'm trying to decide if it's something that you know, I want to, I want to try it cause I miss traveling so much, even if it's like a quick trip, you know, to Maine or something like that. I don't know why that was the place I picked, but. <laughs> Maine is beautiful. Um, yeah, I think I would do it again. And actually I think we are going to drive to the Finger Lakes over Labor Day and do something similar where, um, you know, we can spend most of our time doing outdoor activities. Um, I would not say that it was fear-free. I mean, we did get on the ferry. Everybody was masked on the ferry and maintaining distance as much as they could, but it was still, you know, like it was really hot. And so we decided to stay inside the ferry instead of being outside. And so that did make me a little bit nervous just because, you know, we're in an enclosed space and it was kind of a bummer every time we walked outside to be like, okay, does everybody have their mask? Like, all right, good. We can go outside now. And it just sort of, you know, you can never really escape the fact that that's what's going on. Um, but at the same time, I think after being in the house for so many months, it was really good for our souls just to 
be somewhere beautiful that we loved and be outside, which I'm sure was similar for you to be at the beach, um, since that's somewhere that you guys have been going to all your lives. Um, I think if you, if you really want to eliminate any feelings of stress from interacting with other people, I would choose a trip where you really don't need to use any sort of public transportation. So just somewhere you can drive and then a hotel, like where we stayed at Chatham Bars Inn, um, you had to wear a mask in the lobby, but it was pretty spacious. And then our room actually was in a separate building. So we, the access to it was from the outside. Um, so Mm -hmm. we weren't interacting with that many people there. So I would say if you're planning like a proper vacation where you're staying at a hotel, if you can find one where there's, um, touchless check-in and maybe it's like the rooms themselves are more motel style or they're little bungalows or something. So you can really eliminate interaction with people. It might just give you more peace of mind. Yeah. I, I could, I would definitely see that or being able to like find a property with like a little, you know, some have little separate cottages or things like that. And I was talking to another um, editor friend of mine who has two young children and she recently stayed at the Inn at Perry cabin down in Maryland near um, St. Michael's. And she was like, it honestly felt cleaner than my own house, <laughs> you know? And, and it was just funny. I was like, okay, so I just need to like get comfortable with the idea. But yeah, going to the beach, just having a change of scenery, like was monumental, right? Like just yeah. being able, we kind of just stuck to the same routine, but just were able to do it in like a much more beautiful place, which really, you know, just alleviated some of that. I don't know that like get it, breaking out of that rut. Um, mm-hmm. especially cause you and I, you know, we love traveling and we travel so much and, you know, in the month before the pandemic in February, I was on, I think like five or six flights that month, you know? And so it's been very strange and jarring for me to like, just be home. Um, and I know how lucky we are to be able to have a home to go to and like be safe and healthy, but it, you know, I'm just trying to like figure out what, like what, what comes next? Is there something I can get excited about in the world of travel while still being safe? I think, I think you can. Absolutely. There's, and there's a lot of places that are in driving distance of where we are on the East coast that are lovely. Um, so yes. yeah. Oh, well, also, good. And I'm glad you had a good birthday. Thank you. Um, I've been waiting to ask you this until we were on the podcast. Um, I feel like there's been some good true crime shows that are happening. Um, and I was wondering if you'd started watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Obviously. <laughs> I am the, what is it? I think the third or fourth episode came out on Sunday and I, and I still haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And it's very much on my to-do list. Oh yeah. I've been watching that nonstop and also CNN's very scary people is out as well, which yeah. highlights famous oh, yeah. murderers. I am like, fully into the murder shows. I actually, while I was on vacation at Long Beach Island, there was like a random John Bonet show on and <laughs> it freaked me out so much. <laughs> Ross, like go and check all the locks on, on the doors because they were interviewing the Ramsey family and they're like, we were just your normal American family in a quiet town in our safe house. And someone just broke in and murdered our child. And I was like, <gasps> That could be me. <laughs> I mean, that's how I thought about watching All the so, Gone in the Dark. 
which if if anyone listening is not familiar with it, it is ba- yeah. it's a docu-series on HBO that's based off of the book written by Michelle McNamara, who was a true crime author who also happened to be married to the actor Patton Oswalt. Um, and it's about a serial killer who was nicknamed Eurons, the East Area Rapist and original Night Stalker who murdered a bunch of people in the 70s and 80s in California. And it was sort of her life's work to figure out who he was. And it's just so well produced, but it's so scary. The part, there's two parts that like, I literally woke Mike up from slumber because I couldn't watch it by myself. When they showed that one woman under hypnosis and she was talking about, ooh. Oh, oh, stop, Juliet. Now you need to stop. (laughs) Anyway, watch it. It's great. Great. Oh no. A light just flickered off. And I'm not even joking. A light just flickered off. Ooh, that's so creepy. Damn it. You know what I, I think about that's a lot? So when I think about that sort of creepy thing where I want to make sure I lock my doors and windows is our old coworker, Kara, who grew up in New York. One time we were talking about living in the city versus the suburbs. And she said, I just can't imagine living in a house because you have no doorman. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. If you grew up in Manhattan and you always live in an apartment with a doorman, you're just used to always having like that first line of defense at your front door, right? Yeah. So for her, the thought yeah. of being in a house yeah. in the middle of nowhere with like no person there, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that would freak me out too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Now I'm really royally freaked out. So let's move on to a different topic. Um <laughs> Let's let's get into something a little funnier, a little lighter. Shit, we Googled. Juliet, take it away. <laughs> so I Googled, how do I get my daughter to stop touching her vagina? <laughs> it's a totally Go natural on. <laughs> Obviously, it's a totally natural thing for children to want to touch themselves. You know, I know historically baby boys are are notorious for doing that. Like basically as soon as they're newborns. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) indoor private behavior. And there are things that you can do when you're outside and, you know, obviously you want to be very careful with this sort of thing and you don't want any sort of body shaming. Um, but she can't do it all the time. It's she just can't. (laughs) So, um, so that's what I Googled and, um, I think I have the right idea for it. What I sort of had thought before I Googled it was like, why don't you treat it as something like picking your nose? Like it's just not polite, you know, rather than bringing any shame into it. Yeah. And so when yeah. I Googled it, um, what was very helpful was um, what to expect. It still has articles on on kids, which I guess I didn't realize. I, I think of it more as the website you go to when you're pregnant. But um, they basically said, um, you know, don't forbid, shame, scold, or rebuke your child for doing it. Um, if you're in a semi-public setting, like a, a play group, uh, you can distract your kid with another hands-on activity like crayons. Um, and it's important to start teaching your child the difference between public and private. Um, so they said, you know, if she starts doing it in public, you can quietly tell her that some things are okay to do in private, but not in public when there's people around. Um, and then also, you know, ask them if they need to go to the bathroom. And it's true. Like sometimes yeah. that's doing it too. Um, so I, I feel good that I didn't permanently damage her from what I can tell. 
<laughs> and it is a really <laughs> common, a common issue, I guess, if you want to call it that, that many young children go through because, you know, they're curious about everything at this age. So I'll, I'll keep is you she responding well to the, uh, no, not at all. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it's only, I mean, while you're at home, as soon as, as soon as the diaper like comes off, if there's any opportunity, he's just like, you know, yanking at it. So I, it's only a matter of time before I'm sure that happens in the future in public uh, when he's in underwear or something like that. But yeah, sometimes he'll just like in the bathtub, he'll just like grab it and look at me and go, mommy, my penis. I'm like, that is correct, sir. That that is in Great. fact your penis. <laughs> good job. But so I will it's a good thing to keep in mind. But I feel like clearly we are talking to women more about this issue because I feel like I see men touching their junk like all the time still. <laughs> that is a very good point. I always love having these conversations with you because you're just like a little bit ahead of me. So it's always <laughs> like, okay, this is what I need to like prepare for. You know, and I, I was actually thinking about you today because I remember you telling me that you always found the half year marks with, with Avi to be more difficult and challenging than like on the year marks. Correct. And I know I only have two years of experience, but I found it to be the opposite, which is really interesting. Um, when he turned one and when he turned two, I found to be like very challenging times. And then when he hits the half year mark, I found it to be much easier. So it's just interesting how kids are just so different and um that that stuck with me when I remember you telling me that and I'm just I'm finding it to be uh the opposite in our case for now at least so does that mean you're in a bit of a rough patch since he just turned two in June yes he's very um he for some reason stopped wanting to to sleep in the morning so he loves getting up at like five o'clock no matter what we do um which has been brutal and the, he's not a huge tantrumer, but just, uh, the emotions have become a lot more intense, like mm-hmm. all of the sudden. Um, and that's just can be exhausting to deal with. And who knows, it could be just because it's under a magnifying glass of being in a pandemic and being around him all the time too. Oh, so it's, you know, it's hard to say if there's causation or correlation or whatever it is. Um, you know, we could just be noticing behavior more because we are around him 24 seven, but there's definitely things where he is much more opinionated and gets upset about things that he perhaps wouldn't have gotten upset about before. And so we're trying to talk through things like when you get frustrated, like you need to ask for help and like trying to help him identify some of his emotions so he can kind of work through them. But two is hard. That whole year is hard. Yeah. He was like throwing, he, you know, meal time was slightly off tonight and it, he was just having like a full on meltdown, wanted to go to bed, but wanted to play with his Legos, but also wanted to go to bed, like full crying, like tears sobbing. And then all of a sudden my in-laws, we happened, we're at my in-laws house. So we were watching uh, the news and a fire engine came on and he literally just stopped and was like <laughs> fire engine. Oh my God, I feel like a crazy person right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he watched the fire engine and like 20 seconds later, he went back to screaming again. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you know Janet Lansbury's book, No Bad Kids? I don't. It's oh, I've good, heard of it. I haven't read it. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I found that it gave me a lot of clarity on what was happening in the minds of toddlers when they start going through that tantrum phase. I highly recommend it. Okay. That'll be on my list. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of that, we want to let's get into our big topic for this week. You know, we wanted to talk a little bit essentially about self-care in the midst of all of this craziness um, and how it's really hard, right? Like I feel like everyone keeps talking about it and it's just – it's really hard to implement. I don't know. How have you been finding taking care of yourself? Um, yeah. Well, I think it's, this. it's tricky because if you're on social media – and you're approximately our age, then you have some friends who have multiple kids and are really stretched Mm -hmm. in right now. And you have people like us who have one. And then you have your friends who maybe they're married or maybe they're single, but there's a big divide between people that are dealing with kids under quarantine and in a pandemic versus those that aren't, right? So my friends I have Mm -hmm. that are single or married without kids, like, they're kind of living their best lives right now under the circumstances, right? Like everybody's working from home. So you have no commute. You have more time at the end of your day. You can pick up hobbies and take long baths and give yourself manicures at home for an hour or whatever it is, whatever you can do with all this free time when you don't have a kid. And, you know, I look at these people on Instagram and I'm like, that must be nice. Like I can only imagine. Yeah. What I would be doing if when I was done with my work for the day, I had nothing else to do and I could learn how to make brioche from scratch or do a 2000 piece puzzle or whatever it is. And so I think, you know, as people have said in the past, social media can really set you up for failure sometimes because people are only putting up their best life a lot of the time. Um, So, so you're kind of like working from a deficit in that sense as a parent, right? Where you're already like, frustrated that you basically have no alone time. Um, because you know, not only are you parenting 24 seven for the most part, but like you can't even really, for the most part, leave and go do something alone at any point. Um, and so one of the things that I think is really important as, as a human, but especially as a mom is to stand up for yourself and, and, make time for your mental health during this time because it's really important. Um, and, and part of that is just having like very basic conversations about structure and schedule with your partner. Um, and saying yeah. like, okay, if you are working from whatever it is, 8 AM until 6 PM, like as soon as you're done, I need to do X, Y, and Z. So you've set the parameters and you know how the day is going to go. And, you know, Mike and I have basically had to hand off childcare. Um, I mean, our nanny has been coming every other week, but that wasn't the case until just a few weeks ago. So before then, um, you know, Mike doesn't have the flexibility that I do of writing whenever, as long as it's in by deadline. So he really needed to be at his computer during business hours and so, you know, as soon as right. he was done, that was when I could really start doing what I needed to do. But we had to have really clear conversations about that because I needed to be able to plan 
my day. And, and also like not even just for work stuff, but like I wanted to go work out or I wanted some time to take a bath or whatever it is. And I think, anyway, this is a very long winded answer, but my, the first part, step one is, is creating a schedule so that you can figure out what pockets of time you have during the day or during the week that you can take for yourself to just breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and it's interesting, you know, I feel like Ross and I have done a good job of having a daily schedule. Um, you know, like I kind of work out at the same time every day and, you know, we have rough work hours that we, that we abide by. Um, but I found that like any sort of quote unquote extra time that I had, like say I finished work early, right? Like I had a few hours at the end of the day. I don't know why I do this, but a lot of the time I'm just like, cool, we have all this extra time. Let's go do something as a family. And some of those times I should just be saying, let me stay home and have some time to myself or let me just go, whatever I want to do with that time. And you take care of Wilder. And for some reason, I've just gotten into this routine of being like, well, if I have extra time, I should be spending it with my family. Mm-hmm. And it's like an interesting mindset that I've realized where I'm, and then of course I feel like exhausted by the end of the day. Like, yes, it's lovely to spend some extra family time together, but we're getting a lot of family time together. First of all, pretty much all the time is family time. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just around you. And you know, I don't know why, again, it goes back to that like kind of mom guilt where it's like, well, I feel like I should be with my child when I have this quote unquote extra time. But I started to feel like I was really feeling like depleted and not doing anything to kind of pursue any sort of personal passions or projects away from work that I wanted to work on. When I living in the city, you just kind of had that energy of the city and you were out meeting people and you had plans. And I just kind of got used to not having plans and just being with my family. And I've only recently started to realize that I really need to just sometimes like, it's okay to Ross can take Wilder on a hike by himself. Like I don't need to go. Mm-hmm. I've spent plenty of time with Wilder more, more than I probably would in a, nor- obviously in a normal circumstance and that I really need to like take some of that time back because, you know, a lot of times, especially with like a two-year-old, like you feel overtouched, it's, you're overstimulated and that's on top of work and it's just a lot all the time. And I can just need some like quiet time to like watch old episodes of The Hills if I want to, you know what I mean? Like whatever I want to do. And I think it's really important to, to take that, to take that time. And really honestly, for the first time I did something for myself, uh, a girlfriend of mine happens to live nearby where we're staying in Pennsylvania. And I found a vineyard that does like really great socially distant, uh, they don't do wine tastings anymore, but they'll serve it by the glass. And like we went and I like, we sat outside and kind of had like this picnic and I had a glass of wine and I'm like, oh my God, I'm by myself socializing with a girlfriend over a glass of wine on a Saturday afternoon. And it felt so good. So, so good. I don't know like forgot that I'm, that I'm missing that. Right. And it was just like an hour and a half out of my day and it was so blissful and I need to do more of that. And I think everyone needs to try as much as they can to do more little things like that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the whole reason why we created this podcast is because we want women to feel empowered to not have the mom guilt when it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't take enough time for ourselves. And I think especially right now in the midst of an unprecedented global pandemic, it's really important to take care of your emotional well-being. And I think as as moms and especially as the sort of <laughs> type A mom that I am and, and you are too, Jordy, we're like, we, we want to be the best. We want to do everything we can for our, our children. But sometimes that is at the detriment of ourselves. And we are important too. And it is just really important to remember that you don't have to be with your child 24 hours a day. And this is not normal circumstances. Like maybe for the first few weeks, sure, people were like, well, you'll look back on all this extra family time and it'll be such a wonderful memory. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But like, I don't need a year of that. (laughs) Nobody does. Like, I'm just being honest, you know, like I like my family, but like, it's a lot. It's a lot for anybody. And so I think it's just as important as being a, a conscientious and and present parent, you need to apply that sort of thinking to your own self as well. Like check in with yourself and be like, you know what? I need to take an hour today. And rather than just scrolling through Instagram or like watching some dumb shit on TV, like I'm going to read a book or I'm going to go to bed early or I'm going to take a bath or whatever it is and just try and shut your mind off as best you can and give yourself some time to breathe you know and it's interesting especially being women I often find you know in general you know there's been studies that women have a harder time advocating for themselves in the workplace and in general right but and men it comes a lot easier to them because they're sort of conditioned over years of societal norms to voice what they want, be recognized for what they want, et cetera. So sort of coming from that place, I was having a conversation with a friend who was like, you know, when your husband asks to like go and do something for himself, you're like, your immediate thought, at least for most people or my case is not, oh my God, he doesn't want to be with his family. It's no, he wants to go and do something for himself. And I don't take the same approach to to me where my husband's like, go and take the time you need. And I'm the one that's saying like, well, no, I should be with my family and I should be doing that. I should be, you know, spending time with Wilder and working on a project with him. And it's like, well, no, like I, I should be going and taking some time for myself, just like you do. And it's okay. It's okay to do that. And I think I've always had a hard time sort of advocating for myself in many different ways. Um, and that was just a good reminder. It's like, I felt like, oh, I'm a bad mom or I'm not being helpful by not, you know, pitching in and spending the afternoon because I have extra time. It's like, well, I don't think that way about Ross when he has to go right. on a bike ride. So why shouldn't I take two hours to go and do something I want to do? Exactly. <laughs> and it was just like a good little reminder of like, right, I got, it's my, it's me putting the pressure on me um, in a very, you know, and I need to stop that. I need to do that check-in like you mentioned. You know, I ordered, it hasn't come yet, but 
I was thinking to myself a couple weeks ago, I have no idea when I'm actually going to be able to go get a pedicure. Because at this point, I'm probably going to avoid all unnecessary indoor activity until there's a vaccine, right? Like there's just no reason to put my health at risk for a pedicure (laughs) as badly as I might want one. And so I ordered from 10 over 10, which is a pretty popular nail chain in the city that has, you know, organic nail polishes, blah, blah, blah. And they had a whole kit you could buy off their site that had everything you needed for your, either your at-home manicure or pedicure. So I'm very excited for that to come and I'm going to mark it off in my calendar, (laughs) give myself like a solid hour or however long to, to give myself a mani-pedi. I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah. So just, I think the message is to hopefully, you know, I needed someone to kind of, I needed a moment of being with my friend and hearing that advice from another friend about changing the way you're thinking about taking time for yourself. Um, And hopefully this conversation that we're having for anyone listening will do the same. Like it's okay. And it's necessary to take time for yourself, whatever you want to do with that time and just have some of that unstructured time back in your life because the world is just so crazy. Um, and you need to have that, that freedom back, a sense of that freedom back. Amen, sister. That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of Diaper Baggage. Bye. Bye.